We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. All right. Welcome to the SciShift Podcast, everybody. So glad you're here and excited to introduce you to Whitney. Whitney Lewis, glad to have you and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, well, like you said, my name is Whitney and I live in Zanesville, Ohio. And I have three kids who are seven months, four, and eight. So that's always an adventure. <laughs> so you're and basically <laughs> bored. You're sitting around a ton. Yeah, not tons much of free to time. Do. So much free time. <laughs> um, so yes, they're always an adventure, lots of fun. And I own a business in Zanesville. It's a dance studio. And we just expanded to take a lot of those same like systems to branch out into singing and acting classes and build, um, like utilize all of our daytime space too, to have a preschool for the arts. So kids could come in, preschool age kids can come in and sing and act and dance and do the arts and learn. So that's my big passion. Is, Incredible. I mean, I love dance, but I've always loved theater. And I mean, I'm not, I was never in like a musical production, but I've always really valued it, you know, for kids to be able to get on stage and do that kind of thing. So yeah. I think it would have been an amazing opportunity for me. So, oh, that's cool to do that. You you made what you loved and what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the epitome of joyful business, I don't know what is. That's freaking awesome. And I'm not surprised either. We actually caught up a few minutes before I hit record, and and you're even dropping bigger bombs here. What you're accomplishing and what you're working on. Uh, so I have to tell you guys, you know, this was. You know, I forget when we first started working together and um, 2018, maybe. And, and so somewhere in there, but we started working together and I would get on the phone with Whitney and she went through our core program. We'll probably get into that in a little bit. But as we added on some of our other programs where you can really advance your business, she would actually get the stuff done. Right. Some people take a while. We we'd get back together and you're like, yep, I did it. Yep, I did that. And clearly you haven't stopped your momentum. That's inspiring. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's crazy thinking back to where it started and <laughs> where it is now. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's a big, a big change for sure. Yeah. And well, you know, go ahead. I won't cut oh, you no, off. I was just going to say like, and it was the site shift training. Like it was just incredible for me. And, and like you said, taking the action on it. Um it just like resonated with me so much that I think it made it easier to do the steps too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I'm so inspired to, for people to hear your story because I think number one, we, we do such weird things with business and we aggrandize stories that are just not going to happen for most people. And and I look at what you've done. I mean, you've really got in a lot of ways the dream experience where you've got a business that's rewarding to you that you've now 
engineered to give more than it takes uh, to you, which is so cool. It's it's an area of passion, um, and and I and I I think there are just so many people out there that if they could get a more realistic picture of a business of impact, uh, that you know is something I think would be really powerful in this episode. Um, so when we start talking about things and, and you can be as vulnerable as you want to be or wherever you want to go with numbers and that kind of thing, um, you know, Zanesville, Ohio, for people that are listening and they don't know, that's not a metropolis area, right? That's not a suburb of Columbus. Tell us a little bit about Zanesville so we can get, get the awareness dialed in for them. Yeah. It's, you know, it's an hour outside Columbus. I mean, I would, I would say it's a small town, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not so small that, you know, there's one traffic light, but, you know, we've got quite a few restaurants and shopping centers and things like that, but it's not, you know, it's not a major city. Yeah. Yeah. Much harder environment to grow what you've grown there. The demographic is, the market is so much smaller. Yeah. So you definitely have to balance like your, your vision for what you want for the business with the people that actually like live there and what, what they want and what they need too. Um, but also, you know, honoring what you want to do with your business too. So yeah. it definitely, I think you have to work at a pretty high level because there's not, there's not as many customers. You can't just, you know, bring hundreds and hundreds of people through the door all the time. Cause they just don't exist, you know? So yeah. it's the good challenge about it is, it makes retention and keeping our dance students so important. So we build really strong relationships and that's really rewarding. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, here's the thing that I have to share with everybody because this blew my mind. So for those that didn't get a detail, this key, what you do is something that would be in person, right? Yes. And I know you've shifted to add other components. Um, so so what you do is in person. COVID hits. The devastation in businesses like yours across the country. And I, I can't take away the truth bomb. You're going to have to lay it on us. We get on a chat and you basically told me, Chris, we have what? Do you remember? I don't remember, you the, exact, remember exactly the exact said. statistics. I mean, I know our, our business grew during that time, but I don't remember the exact amount at the time of it's, the text. So you can drop the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I don't remember the exact number either, but it was basically like, Chris, we're up like 30%. We've grown. You know, it was yeah. something insane. And what a testament to the power of leadership and to who you are to embrace the challenge, to to be in this moment, to do a pivot uh, to to get virtual, to still add value to the customers, to the people that are paying. Uh, it was such an inspirational story. And uh, yeah, it's just the wildest. Yeah, there was so many things that came together for that to happen. Um, one of them being that we had already planned for a lot of growth that yeah. year. And so even though with COVID it set us back, we had such big plans. It was like, it didn't totally knock us into the negative or, um, anything like that. But yeah, we were still able to increase our revenue that year and have more students. Um, Mm. but you know, but that was 
so much credit goes to like the support system too, because I had been doing like leadership training for three years. So it just felt like everything came together to be able to use what I learned from Sight Shift, but also like the Dance Studio Owners Association gave us Mm -hmm. so much to work with, with how to navigate it, how to communicate about it, how to still like take, you know, the mission of what we want to do with our students and just change, um, change the how, but not the what. That was a really big one as a staff. We were like, how can we, um, you know, still keep the connection with the students, keep those relationships alive, still um, help them grow in their dance training, even if we're not, you know, in a traditional dance studio. So like priority shifted too, um, to like really like community and yeah. staying connected because there was a lot of so much isolation going on. So even like our priorities shifted a lot during that time too. I love that. You know, I love the way you told that story, just the authenticity of it. Like, Hey, there's other components there and there always is. It's a, it's a bunch of factors that, that come together. Um, inevitably though, uh, some other people can have those factors, but they stay rigid to what they want to see work. They're not really willing to like rethink it, reinvent it. And, uh, so, so props to you on that. Well, so we've got some past, uh, wins. We've got some future dreams and things that are happening now. Where do you feel as a leader, uh, right now you, you've got, cause I kind of hear the momentum. Are there any places where you might be stuck, uh, or you just, there's something you're not, it's not clicking like you want it to. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this question and, um, one of the, one of the things I've been doing lately is being more in action mode and implementing and taking the things that I've learned that I know and try to actually use them and not just Mm. consume, consume, consume like a bunch of, um, training basically. (laughs) But I do think I'm at the point right now that, um, I'm really excited to get back into like just reading more, having more conversations like this, um, and getting some of those new like insights to work with and some, some new inspiration. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) You're, you've basically been in a crush it execution mode and you're like, I'm going to open up some more space for exploration, learning, curiosity. Yeah. Very cool. A lot of, uh. And, and too, like I've, the last little bit too, I've consciously tried to slow down a little bit. So I know if I get in there and I do a lot of training or I'm, you know, getting a lot of inspiration, I'm going to have a harder time too, like winding down. But I'm at the point where like, I, I'm kind of craving that, that bit of inspiration. But with the kids and everything happening in the studio, I'm also trying to relax a little bit more, yeah. make a little more, a little more space too. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I need, I need to be in a season of execution, but doing it in a relaxed way still, uh, because I've had so much experiments we ran in 2021. And so it's like, now we're no, we know, okay, go repeat this, Chris, pull this lever over and over. Um, something I'd like for you to speak to, because I feel like your shift on this was so, so human, so, so normal for an honest, caring business owner. Um, but so thorough also, and and that was this shift of 
and I know you didn't know I was going to ask this, so wherever we go with it, uh, that was this shift of like not learning to not feel bad, delegating to the team, letting them carry the burden, uh, not having to be the one who overcarried uh, for them. How would you word that? You know, what was the problem? What was the shift that occurred? How did you go through that? Oh, yeah. I, I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with the studio, you know, when it started, I did absolutely everything for the studio. I didn't have any employees. Um, my very first hires were just a couple dance teachers because I had three studios and I couldn't be in all three at once. And, you know, if I could have, I, I probably would have. Um, but it was, and I know when I was talking to you, it was a scary shift to move into that like leadership of, you know, managing other people. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was scary as well because I had never seen it done well. I didn't Mm -hmm. really have very many jobs before I opened the studio. I didn't quite know like what my role would be or how I just had no idea. It was, um, a huge leap for me, I suppose. Um, but I know you talked me through my first hire (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, um, making that change because one of the things that I ran into at probably the hardest points when I reached out, um, for site shift was I had all of these ideas and all of these things Mm -hmm. I really wanted to do. And this vision for the studio that was just absolutely impossible to do on my own. And so like I was losing a lot of my passion for it. It was becoming just a lot of like work and stress. So it did get to that, you know, tipping point before I started, you know, asking for help. Um, but yeah, going from, from that point to where I am now, um, I, I love delegation. It's my favorite (laughs) thing ever. (laughs) Um, when I was thinking about this uh, podcast today, I was like, uh, one of my favorite things to do is what can I stop doing? Like that is probably a weekly question. Like what can I take off of my list? Um, and I, I find a lot of joy in developing my team and helping them, them grow and expand their roles and, um, and giving them tasks and things that are going to like fulfill them too. They're going to have a pride mm-hmm. in, they're going to have ownership in it. Um, I think it's, uh, a fun, I guess a fun journey too with the staff to keep stretching them. Um, like even our Monday team meetings, I love leading them. It's like my favorite meeting of the week, but I'm going to have my staff start doing that. So, and take turns like stepping in and being the leader of those meetings. And we're at a point now too, where we've had our team long enough that, um, they can really take the reins on things now and I can Mm -hmm. give them, you know, some parameters and like an end goal and they can really fill in those steps. And we were just talking at our last team meeting about, um, me giving them permission to make decisions. And just putting that out there clearly that like you are allowed to, to make the call on, on something you have permission to do this, you know? So yeah. Yeah. You are scorching some leadership bombs here. And I mean, like, you know, I, I even hear you speaking with so much more conviction and authority as a leader. It's like, 
And and so I, I love leading those meetings and now I'm involving them and I'm training them to do it and they're going to lead them. And it's just like, whew, you're on fire. It's, uh, hey, through this journey, um, going from really like the business, like I said, being more pain than joy to now more joy than pain, what have what have you learned to like about yourself the most? Um, I would say one of the things I I guess going back to my team a little bit. One of the things we talk about is you know being like a starter, an implementer, like a maintainer, a finisher. Like where do you find you know your joy? What tasks come to you easy? What things do you not procrastinate? And I love my ability to be like a, a starter. Um, mm. I get really easily excited about things. It doesn't take much. I'm ready to go like off and running. Um, I love having that like visionary side to, to have that picture in my head of what I want to happen. And so being in that like visionary state, but also that initial like implementation to get the ball off and running, like get things launched yeah. and off the ground and rolling. Like I think having that ability is something that I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Oof. This is, uh, this is so fun. I mean, just you're, you're really getting so comfortable in a part of your brilliance that could have stayed hidden away. Yeah. And, for, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and you haven't let that happen. And it makes me so happy. What, what for you would be some things that still stick with you or were the biggest insights in going through that process of figure that shift out insight shift that have helped like bring that out and uncover it? Yeah. Cause you had, you had mentioned there a little bit of just that like comfort level of asking other people, you know, mm -hmm. to do things, but, um, like relaxing, relaxing into that like there was a lot of like nervousness and anxiety about mm. like oh maybe they think I should do it or they're gonna think I'm like lazy or like why isn't that her job you know the, <laughs> all those kinds of things um so I think finding that like relaxation and that comfort and like ease for myself to get comfortable around like what my role is and mm. I would say what help me become more comfortable is actually, um, oh, let me think here. Um, knowing that I could serve other people better by taking a step back, staying like in my lane, <laughs> like in mm. my role, doing the things that really do like serve the business best and the things that serve the business best serve other people best. So, um, you know, I know if I'm like running around doing random tasks, finishing projects, if I'm in too much of the doing, like the day-to-day -day task, I'm not able to get that like outside view, that like bigger picture. Um, you know, I'm going to come into the studio like run down and drained and no one really needs that. Like I know mm. my role is like that keeper of the flame, the person that comes in inspired and excited. And um, I can't do that if I'm like doing everything. So yeah, that makes keeper it a lot easier to use your team when you know it's, you know, going to help everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If I gave a title of this episode, it would be keeper of the flame. That yes. is, that is, that is fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so using like 
the site shift language, what blocks leaders from making that shift? Um, could be, could be a couple of things. Um, <laughs> uh, I definitely like in an ego way, um, mm. you know, you have to give more credit to your team. It's not mm. all about you. Um, and that was something I kind of worked on too, was, you know, taking that little bit of a step back and putting my employees like at the forefront. Um, like even like our Nutcracker production, I mean, I used to do, I had some pride in like, look at me doing it all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So letting go of that. Um, and then as far as delegating too, we hit on it a little bit, but just um, some of that, tension that can come from asking people to do more and do things Mm -hmm. that used to be my job. So that could be a little bit of that, like fear of being liked, fear Mm -hmm. of belonging, like is everything, is this person still going to want to work here if I'm starting to like change the dynamic up on them? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it was more about like, will my team still like me? Mm -hmm. You know? um, Great awareness. For anybody listening, just so some context there, in our key program, Figure That Shift Out, we talk about identity fears. And so Whitney's using some of the phrases from that. And what that does is helps you understand the fear that is in your identity that is false but feels real is actually shaping every part of your story. Um, I think you'll like this. I had a, a CEO tell me this a couple of days ago. She's just – like we just started. Like she's halfway through Figure That Shift Out, right? Uh, you know, and, and a lot of what Whitney and I are talking about for those listening, you know, we were on a multi-year journey, but, uh, but anyway, she said, Chris, what I've realized is this, I created this self that I am now to get here and she'll probably get me a few more levels, but she's not going to help me exceed the expectations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, whoa. That, that, and you have done that. I mean, you, if you published a case study on the whole business and the numbers, people would be like, what? That kind of growth in that kind of town with that kind of business, it, it like, it breaks so many molds. And that's the thing that, you know, the exception here is, how you've leaned in, how you've done the work, how you've reinvented, how you've walked through insecurities. Um, the circumstances still matter because I don't want to take away that from your story. Like you, you, you faced some uphill climbs, um, but but all of our stories have those uphill climbs, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. So few stay in the insecurities. So that's, that's really cool. I, th- when did you, and I know, you know, I'm wording a little different than may have may have prepped you for. When did you feel like you you really became this person who's like, okay, that's the vision. I'm going to go execute it. Yeah, that's. Um, oh my goodness. Um, Were you like that at like seven? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I on my kindergarten report, I was I was told I was bossy. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, okay, so yeah, okay, yeah, you're bossy. You're you're yeah. a leader. But it's maybe manifested a little bit as bossy, then that 
gets hidden away and now you're doing it in a healthy way. Yeah. So much just made sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I think as a kid, some of that got tampered down. Not anyone's yeah. fault, not like anyone intentionally, but it was like the be nice, you know, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit of like playing small, I guess. Yeah. Um, a little yeah. bit of that, like fear to really, you know, step, step into it. But, yeah. um, I mean, when I first started the business though, I think maybe it was a little bit of just being naive. I was, I was, um, pretty, um, bold, I guess. Like I just went and did things. I wasn't like overthinking it. I didn't know what the consequences would be. Like I kind of just went for it and, uh, had no, <laughs> really no, um, understanding of that parent perspective either. Cause that's a lot of the customer base are parents. I was like 22. I didn't really know. <laughs> didn't have a lot of life experience. So I think like there was that part of me that was kind of naive and then like that reality hit and things happened that I, you know, reactions and things that I didn't really anticipate. And then it was like just figuring out how to navigate, how to navigate through all that and how to probably a big one was, um, when I was most blocked up, I was pretty much trapped in like indecision because mm. I was at a point in the business where like there was absolutely no way I could make every single person happy. And I really thought I could. Like when mm. I started, like I really thought like I can do it. You know, when they say you can't make everybody happy, like it's like just watch me. Um, so that was probably the big shifting point in the business was when I had to get, I had to really switch from trying to make all the customers happy to really thinking about like what I wanted for the business so that I could actually do it with confidence. So if someone was, um, kind of pushing back against it, wasn't really happy. Um, I was still secure in that decision and what I wanted. And it was a very like easy, like no big deal. That's fine. Like we're here. It's switching that from like, this is what we do. (laughs) This is who it's for it's okay if it's not for everyone was like Mm. a huge, I think that was the big shift I would say Mm. was what really changed it. it. So inspiring. Yeah. I mean, when you know who you are, you can be clear about your mission and Mm -hmm. then build the community you want to build. And, uh, you you know, not everybody's going to be in that. Well, I think you have so much to encourage, uh, you know, business owners on, you know what the environment's like out there right now. What would be something that you would encourage uh, leaders generally, but specifically business owners uh, in right now, if you could give them one message of encouragement? I think probably another big shift for me was my customers do not owe me anything. Like Mm. we are there like to serve them and all of the, you know, positive reviews and, and things like that and have, are all just like icing on the cake. Um, and I know when I was like burnout and tired, it was just like my patience was thin. It was really hard to have any type of like empathy. I took things really personally. It was just a lot harder to kind of, you know, brush things off. But 
I know like the more I kind of take care of myself and get myself into like a really good place, it just makes it so much easier to deal with like the harder aspects of business. (laughs) And it's, I mean, it's not, um, it's kind of a simple thing, I guess, but, um, I think the empathy is really big and having the space to actually give that and not be in like frustration mode all the time and actually like have that energetic space for people. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, but deep. If they're not taking care of themselves, you can't give what you don't have. They don't have a reservoir to draw from and, and give to others. And so that empathy gets shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's funny you're saying that because, uh, I, I think I shared this on an, another interview, but I was on a plane trip flying to, for a speaking event and this lady started coughing like super hard on the plane and that you wouldn't even notice that, right? Like three years ago. Right. But when it started happening, you could almost feel the collective group consciousness in the air, what people were thinking, which was, we got to throw her off the plane. Somebody give her a parachute, right? Our empathy and our compassion is getting shut down because... Yeah, the change, it's so intense yeah. and there's so much going on. That's awesome. Um, that that for me is like just just huge. So empathy yeah. for the customer. And if they can't access it, they need to do something to take care of themselves. Yeah, it's and I, I mean, I see, see it and it's even with like my employees even, some, you know, giving a little extra grace there or with, with customers or whatever it might be. But yeah, if you're like right there on the edge, holding it together like those little things are gonna (laughs) set you off so it's like that's where I kind of know where I'm at I'm like okay like this little thing is really sending me over the edge I gotta like take a step back for a minute yeah yeah what's your favorite thing to do to take a step back recharge renew um other than delegate we we heard that (laughs) (laughs) right um I honestly, anything that is like by myself, it, I don't really have like a lot of hobbies or anything like that, but just like, a, um, just taking a little drive in my car, turning like going through, getting some fast food, like sitting in my car and eating it, (laughs) like anything that's just some like alone time. And it might be like a walk or just like, you know, putting myself like in my office for a minute. Like I just like being alone for a little while tuning things out I don't need you know um totally yeah but well based on your life situation yeah yeah just uh, <laughs> some peace I, and quiet I, I, it's all I yeah, need I, goes I, a long way I, I don't know it personally I saw my wife go through it and so that's that's the the little bit of empathy I could have yeah. but yeah people that are out there that know you know and I think mad props you know you've carried leading a business transforming it transforming yourself and growing your family, you know, and, and, um, I know you're working on something to get a message out about that. And so anybody that would hear what I'm saying right now and think I'm propping up a story that has no challenge to it, as your story gets out more, you share the challenges, you share the reality of that. It's not easy, but yeah, that's inspiring. Well, speaking of where could people go if they wanted to find out more, uh, you know, about you or your story, or is there anything you'd like to share with them before we go? Um, I am in the process of writing a book. Um, when it'll be done is hard to say, <laughs> but it's really close. It's in the final editing phases, but, um, awesome. yeah, it really is about 
the journey over the last probably six years. Um, and it's called Dancing Full Out. It's something that I always really admired in other dancers when I would like go into another class or um, have a new teacher and I would see someone in the room who was just like going for it, like not holding mm. back, like all in. And I always thought like, ah, oh, like I wish I wasn't too scared to do that. So mm. um, it's not about how to really technically dance better, um, but it is a lot about um, kind of stepping into that spotlight figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a theater kind of theme to it, but a lot of it is about, um, yeah, putting yourself, putting yourself out there. And, um, that was a big, a big hurdle for me, something that's still scary to do and step into new things. I mean, like you said, like, you know, looking at all the outside of the journey, you know, it is great, but there's always, you know, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of, um, I mean, even tears. I mean, I had phone calls coaching where I was, I was crying. Like it, it's tough. Um, and even I would say the difference though between then and now is it's still challenging. It's still hard, but I have the support and like the templates and the frameworks to like move through it and yeah. to be on, you know, as you said, like the book, like to be unstuck. And, yeah. um, that's probably the, the, the big difference. And that's, um, yeah. That's basically Very what the book's cool. about. I guess. Heck yeah. <laughs> Is there a way they could go find out and get notification when the book comes out? I don't have anything set up yet, but no worries. Um, there will be at some point. Um, it's interesting. That's one of the things that COVID did was I started looking at like, oh my gosh, what if I didn't have a studio? Like, what would I do next? <laughs> and so the book has been like kind of a fun way to start laying that foundation of like, some of the things yeah. I might like to do post post studio. Right on, yeah. right on. Well, the trajectory uh, shows to me no ceiling. Um, so what what a fun thing it'll be to see the coming chapters, speaking of a book, yep. and wherever that takes you. But I want to thank you for being here, sharing your story, encouraging people. Um and uh, I think it's you've got a really special story, Whitney. So glad to share it with others. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach. You can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.